Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Excellent. Nice. Um, all right. So I have a question for you, which uh, it will be hard to kind of put into a question, but <laughs> the uh, idea of it um, is if if um, if there's a if you have a belief that mm-hmm. is abstract in any any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that belief in the, in the context of how to, how to live your life, how to shape a society, how to have a vision for humans to live together, kind of a Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. If it's grounded in something that's abstract, um, will it automatically result in, um, moral abuses in the name of anything that gets you to that end? So it's along the lines of, um, it, I think it, uh, one framing for the question is, you know, are you a, uh, a means to an end person or an end, yeah. uh, ends justify the means person, um, which I think is a false dichotomy in the first place. But a lot of philosophy, I think, splits between the, um, I can't remember what the name of it is, but there's like a, a Kantian guy that's like, you always have to do the right thing in the moment, regardless of the result versus... Mm. the folks that are more focused in on yeah. the um the end. so if you have like uh a utopia that you're aiming towards or you have mm. a democratic republic that you're aiming towards or a um or an autocracy that you're aiming towards that will purify the world of <laughs> uh, undesirables <laughs> yeah like at that point what would be wrong except for anything that doesn't serve that ultimate end god yeah um Right. So yeah, it's really easy to see both sides of it. It's like, it's like on the one hand, I mean, if it's way in the future, like almost by definition, it's, I guess abstract's not the right word, but if it's way, if you've got this big future goal, I mean, I I feel like it needs to be predicated. You said this, but I want to say it back just to make sure I'm understanding. It's kind of predicated on some kind of big future goal, right? And you're trying to, and you're trying to come up with a framework for how to make decisions to get closer to that goal. And is the framework based on some, like, what is the framework going to be? Because you've got that kind of like, kind of like, just do the, always do the right thing. And, and that, okay, so like, so let's say I've got a goal for the future. And I believe that the strategy or like, uh, yeah, the strategy to get there is to always do the right thing in the moment and lead by example. And, um, and, and if everyone just did that, things would get to this place that I have in mind. And then you've got someone else who maybe has a totally different vision and therefore a different framework is more appropriate for that vision. So the, 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 it's almost like the first question is, is the vision good? Is the vision? Any yes. Good? Right. I totally, I think you've come on something that like, so I want to, I want to, I want to finish what we're talking about here. Yeah. And then I want you to indulge me in like probably five minutes of me talking uh, <laughs> around some framing that came in with this. Yeah. But I think that's so compelling because if you, this, we've talked about this before in some of our conversations about like the us and them and you know, who's the us and the them, right? Yeah. So anyone that's the us would be like, would be in line with the vision and wouldn't be subject to any momentary, you know, abuses that are justified by me because they're in the name of the larger so, and I'll take this right down to the family. Like if I have a vision for how I'm supposed to be as a parent and it's that I protect my family at all costs, that means I could 
kill somebody for something that my kid needs. Now, I, I, this sounds very far-fetched, but I'm going to bring it to like reality mm, yeah. with the context that I have. But I think that's, that is where it works, right? So there's my family, there's this abstract ideal of what I need to be behaving like, and then other people that don't share that vision <laughs> yeah. or that importance would see what I was doing as just reprehensible and wrong. Right. It's like the, it's, it's like mobsters think they're doing the right thing yeah. because they're operating under a different framework for different goals. So like that specific example of you, your decision-making framework, you could, I would call it a strategy, your strategy. It's like toward what end, like the, 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 the uh, you, people are presented with options and they need to make decisions to take an action. And in a, in a, a lot a much less highly charged situation where you just got like solo freelancer that's just trying to make ends meet and make a little bit more money this year. Um, if that's the goal, then you can come up with a strategy that will be more or less likely to reach that goal. So if the, if the, you know, your idea about being a good dad, it's like toward what end to make you feel a particular way or to advance the, the family's agenda or to create a better kids, you know, cause there's a lot of, it's a tactic, like being a better dad in this particular way, that's a tactic. It's like, what is it serving? What's the, what's the big picture where you're trying to go to? And then you, you could justify your actions because then you could say, well, in this, if you're in my shoes, if you're in my shoes and you understand where I'm trying to go, this strategy makes perfect sense. It might still be illegal and you might still go to jail, but at least on a, on a moral footing, you could probably make a case that, um, there's a group of people, maybe in this case, your family that all agree that you did the right thing, but you're still in jail and that stinks. But, um, that was the risk to getting toward this goal. But when you I, zoom I, out to yeah, society. I, 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 I think that's right. And I think that that plays into a, a lot of the, again, this plays into other conversations we have had around the complete breakdown of shared identity and shared experience yeah. and yeah. shared values. And like, we're way beyond values. Like I was listening to um, Norm MacDonald on just, just endless string of norm mcdonald snl last night while i was doing um <laughs> just ridiculous work mind-numbing activity yeah and uh and he was i mean listening to like every snl that he was ever in kind of works you through like what was key in the day culturally mm -hmm. and bob dole and bill clinton race was big and values were a huge issue mm -hmm. at the time you know, and people had to clear a hurdle, you know, at least image wise on values. Like we're way, obviously we're way past that now. Like nobody even talks about values no, no. for a political candidate. No, I mean um, the Trump, the make America great thing was actually genius. Cause it's like a Rorschach test for people who think things suck. So, yeah. right. So it's like, whatever. Did you, ever see, did you ever see that dude that, that would interview people and say, like when? Make, yeah, make it great, it like great? when? Yeah. Uh, and that, and that was, it was, I mean, obviously it's a very, you know, in my bubble, it's a lovely question to ask people and watch watch the worst answers come out. Yeah, but you know, it'd be like, Jordan well, something. like we want to get back to you know, you know, nineteen fifty, you know, with the buildup of the middle class, and yeah. he'd be like, yeah, like be when there was redlining, and they'd be like, well, except for that, on balance, it was pretty good, right? Or or maybe we back when we were agrarian in the eighteen hundreds, and and uh, he'd be like, but you know, what about like desegregation and slavery. Yeah. Except for that, you know, like, like, let's make America great again Yeah, with all these caveats. Yeah. His name's Jordan something. Jordan, uh, Clepper. Very, Jordan Clepper. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit, 
I mean, I laugh hard at those. They're very funny. But it's actually scary as hell because the cognitive dissonance does not bother does not bother them at all. Like what like he is owning them as hard as they could possibly be owned and it doesn't care. even scratch the surface. One of them is just like I don't care and she has this huge like put on smile on her face. It's almost like uh it's sickening. Like Yeah, it's creepy. She I don't know if you remember it, but she's like 40 to 50 year old woman. She's like I don't care what you tell me. And it's like okay, I get that you could even say that, but I don't know why you're like pasting on you're crazy. Like yeah. you're cr- like that's crazy. Yeah, it's I so I like to and I can't help and it. The, I, one, the, what, here's an anecdote from it. The guy, it was, it was when the, um, the memo came out, uh, about what he had, the transcript about what he had said on the call. Oh, I, um, I don't think I've seen this. And, and so he goes to the rally, Clipper goes to the rally and says to the guy, um, so, you know, what are you here for? You know, it's like independent thinkers, uh, you know, do our own research. We're not, you know, just being spoon fed and he's and then he says okay well how about this issue of the day about what he said you know with the ukrainian president you know what about that transcript and uh the guy said yeah that you know that there's nothing wrong in the transcript and klepper goes and and you've read it right and and the guy goes no and klepper's like but it's important to do your own research and the guy's like yes and then klepper's like but just to be clear you haven't read it and the guy goes Yeah. yeah and he's like but it's important to do your own research and not be a sheep and the guy's like yeah and then, and then, and then, the, you know, he, Klepper says, you know, it was, um, fucking terrifying. One guy's like, yeah. you know, I, I, I trust, I trust them, you know, to, to have said that there was nothing big in it. Um, and I don't have time, you know, to read all, all the, the stuff. And Klepper was like, well, you know, it's only like a page and a half. And the guy's like, yeah, but I don't, I don't have time and I trust him. And he's like, well, how long have you been in line here at this rally? And the guy's like five hours. <laughs> it's like just... it's terrifying, right? It's terrifying. It's like I, I'm sure I'm guilty of some. I mean, I know. That no, that, I'm above. I never do that. Yeah, I know. Ads right. don't work on me. No, right. Um, it's it's like you're never above it because everything you're getting. So he, this. I mean, I don't want to go like too far away from the question, but if there's, I mean, we've talked about this around the campfire with with Ben. It's like everybody's trusting somebody. Right. Because almost nobody is getting firsthand news. Almost nobody. And we're getting a m- massively increased amount of air quotes news. We're getting way more information masquerading as news. And and I'm not like a giant anti... I hate Facebook I re- as a user, but I see it as pros and cons. Like there's good and bad with Facebook and, and the other media, social media giants and like just internet giants. I suppose we can continue this conversation. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll just park that one for a future time. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like everybody's trusting somebody and the the crazy lady with the smile plaster on her face is just trusting someone different than we're trusting you know ex- there are some differences though like i actually have read the constitution it takes about 10 minutes it's not that hard you know and and that was another thing that you would roast people on they'd be like for the constitution he's like well you've read it right and they're like no nah, i don't have time to read all that and he's like it doesn't take that long it's only about seven pages like nard I'm sure it's way longer than that. No, it's really not. It's not. There's there's another one where it's like an anti-abortion rally and all the signs are like, adopt, adopt. So the guy goes up and he's like, so you've adopted, right? And they're like, no. No, <laughs> the next crazy. Person, you've That's adopted, right? Someone else should No, adopt. no. 
Um, yeah. So anyway, all, so yeah, how does this tie this, back? Yeah, because I like so, the. So it, it comes back to um, these are all just disgusting and troubling examples of the context for my question, which is a a postmodern world where truth, uh, objective truth, is um, on the run, where objective morality is on the run, where um, people don't have uh, they have a good sense of right and wrong but it doesn't bear a lot of questioning questioning because of the hypocrisy and the inconsistencies between the different frameworks that they carry. Okay. Um, so I was listening to a speech um, of it's called the human crisis. And it was a, it was reenacted by uh, this dude that came recently that redid the speech. It was by uh, Albert Camus and he had come over just after world war two. And it was like, wow, this is, disgustingly similar to our current time um and but what really hooked me in it that i hadn't really like i had this feeling that was really bothering me about like the democrats and how i'm kind of like okay i guess i'll kind of support the democrats and Mm. jesus but he he the speech was really helpful in helping me to understand why i am so skeptical of of shifting to that framework yeah. And so he starts the speech by basically outlining the breakdown of, of faith in shared identity, the faith in morals. Uh, apparently this was really a, a you know, a big sense of, of the French identity coming into the invasion uh, by Germany in World War II. And yet there was enough of a sense of right and wrong that they bothered to mount a resistance. So he was saying like, as a country, we don't, we don't believe in right and wrong. We don't believe in objective truth. And yet, like, this was wrong enough that we started doing something. So there's something pulling us towards this was wrong. And then the the first default was, well, maybe you're just, you know, going, um, just reeling against that tribe taking over your tribe, right? And yeah, so you probably. can't really take too much to it. Right. So, but what don't he was saying stuff. was, <laughs> yeah, the challenge of for for their generation, he was saying was, we we didn't know anything to believe in but and we knew that we couldn't let the brutes take our stuff but we also didn't have anything that we were fighting for either yeah like there's nothing for us to fight for right and and then so just i'll put a cap on this piece of it so the the idea was like one of the sections of the speech was like okay so we all understand that there's this beautiful progression happening you know in terms of like you know social theory where we need to go from feudal to um to uh you know to uh, monarchical and then to republics and, and then to a universal society mm. but he is saying like you're just going to trade one person's barbarism for another in service of these abstract pursuits because and he gave these four short stories to make it really crystal clear where yeah do you remember one of them yeah one of them was um where um it was part of this guy's job to torture um, uh, a Frenchman, right. uh, the German SS, supposed to torture this, and rips his ear apart during the torture. But then afterwards is like soothing him, like sincerely. Yeah. And and it's yeah, and he was trying to, to that, say had to do that. Right. And then the other story was of the SS officer that to the mother basically basically played out Sophie's choice. You pick the kid that's going to die. Another one was a cleaning lady that where SS officers are torturing people in the building and she's just cleaning. And it's, it's, 
It's like the office. But it's like ten. And it's like, 10 yeah, and 10 it, but it's million. like all these things get compartmentalized yeah. into abstractions where you've pulled away from you're a human and I'm a human right in front of each other. Forget abstractions, forget right. identities, mm. forget all these things. What is the right thing to happen in this situation? I can't be I can't comfort you for tearing your ear apart in one moment right after I've just ripped it apart. And he said, when a human becomes that, we become these almost dry, rational mathematicians where yeah. is the thing in service of, of uh, my identity and my pursuit. And we've lost yeah. what it means to actually have a coherent approach to hum human beings. Yeah. And so what I'm interested in is, I guess, number one, how would you even begin to organize yourself in such a way to not pursue these abstractions? You'd have yeah. to decentralize everything. You'd still have to have like some kind of a framework to, to facilitate the decentralization. Right. But anyway, there were a lot, I'll stop there for a minute. Cause I thought, mm. I think that maybe I've made a couple points that you can respond to, but I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there, I saw, I was listening to a podcast recently with a, a respected, but ex extremely right wing macro economist was very smart, but is laboring under the idea that, that all human behavior can be defined as a, a math problem, which I've, I fundamentally think is, I'm not going to say it's impossible ever, but it is not possible now. It is not possible now to explain all human behavior with financial incentives. It's comical. I mean, you just like, it's in your face every single day, people making decisions that go against their financial interest constantly. It feels to me like I, I, I just throw this in without hopefully interrupting you too much. You can keep going. Like, I feel like identity is a, I don't know what's a bigger driver than identity. It feels nothing, like we'll do anything, do anything, anything, anything to hang to on to, our, to the story that yeah. we have about ourselves even and the community terrible, that's attached you, to it. Even if you don't like yourself that much and you're depressed and you, you hate the story and all the things that happen to you and the self-talk and all that stuff, it doesn't matter. There's something about the devil, you know, being better than the one you don't or the you know it's like it's like well but at least it, it could be worse so at least i'm only i'm not like totally bonkers it's I, I, dude i see it every day you know it's much 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 less intense but i see it every day i've gone through it myself like switching careers where you're just like man i'm really gonna tell people i'm a business coach and not a consultant anymore it's so stupid like who cares no one cares except for me you know it's just dumb but so if you can imagine trying to switch teams from MAGA to woke, get it. It's not happening. You'd have to change yeah. your friend group. You Well, and I've seen that. And um, I mean, you're making a point that doesn't even need to be illustrated with another example because it's just, you're so right. But like the flat earthers, like if there's a, a flat earth person that has kind of come back around, um, then, <laughs> you know, they're, they, let, they have to let go of their entire... Right. social uh, support structure right it's like point. quitting drinking quitting smoking what's the first thing they tell you to do you gotta you gotta break up with those friends and it's like geez, man that's a whole order but i but so a couple just to loop back because you made a really good point so you reminded me of this economist who saw the world in this coldly calculated way that was terrifying it was he's like he's not wrong and he's convincing. And well, I think he is wrong in some ways, but he's right in other ways. Um, very smart, very scary. You know, doesn't like he's he, he comes across like someone who's never been hugged. You know, like and and like has created this worldview that corresponds with that. 
Um, so very scary that like mathematical view of the universe is the abstraction is real scary. I think that can lead to, to people acting like robots and robots just like rip your arm off. Sorry, you were in the wrong place. Um, the other thing is there's feels like there's a, a loss of the, and this might be a religion thing, organized religion, which I've never been a fan of, but I do have to admit that it gave people a values framework, which appears to be missing. So, you know, and believe me, I rec recognize like churches have done some of the worst atrocities ever, but, or if we're in the name of some of the worst atrocities ever have been committed, but there is, there is at least lip service to personal boundaries around this, like that, which I will never do no matter what, like I wouldn't even do this. Taboo. Yeah. Taboo. Like, like, oh, that's funny. It's funny because some shit that should be taboo isn't it's stuff. Some stuff in my opinion that is taboo shouldn't be. And like I'll let I'll let George die if it means like if the only way to save him is putting an orange in my urethra. Like it's I'm sorry. People can call me a bad dad, but I'm not gonna go through I mean that's a six month process. We have to start with like a pee. Like it I'm sorry. He has Wait, to Could he has you to just put a seed in there and grow it and then it would slowly it wouldn't be that bad? That reminds me of that book that we had when we were kids where you you know, you, you put the, the, the jar on the tree, you know, mm. and it grows inside. So maybe there's a thing Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's like that joke. Two guys are hiking and one of them, a snake jumps up and bites him right on the tip of his penis. And the other guy runs for help and he finds a doctor and he says, doc, my friend just got bit right on his dick by a rattlesnake. What do I got to do? And he goes, go back and you have to suck the poison out and it'll be fine. And the guy's like, okay. And he runs all the way back. And the, the wounded guy says, did you find a doctor? Yeah, I did. What did he say? He said, you're going to die. <laughs> So in the example where the guy's ripping off the other dude's ear and then feels bad about it, there's two, there's clearly two competing motivations going on there. There's like, let me, let me read, let me read that one. Just, just to get it in front of us for a second here. Um, in, in Leon, one of my comrades is dragged from his cell for a third round of questioning. Since his ears have been badly torn during a previous session, he's wearing a bandage around his head. The German officer who interrogates him is the same man who conducted the previous session. And yet he asks them with an air of affectionate concern, how are your ears doing? That seems like a tactic. That seems like a Stockholm syndrome kind of. Take, take it for what it was intended to be because it, it's meant, I'll give you another one. So um, uh, in Greece, after an underground resistance operation, a German officer prepares the execution of three brothers he has taken hostage. Their old mother throws herself at his feet and he agrees to save one of them, but only at the condition that she designate which one. She chooses the oldest one because he has family, but her choice condemns the two others, just as the German officer intended. So, here, it's a different. It's, it's almost a different thing. Like you're always going to have problems if anybody sees anybody else as subhuman. It's period. Like if somebody sees somebody else as like subhuman, then anything can be justified. So it's like the the thing to. I feel like the thing to watch out for in this us as them thing is that the other side's not not fully human like that they they're i mean i don't think treating animals like this is good either but that like they're an animal to be treated differently and i mean you don't have to think hard to come up with examples of this like minorities being treated as subhuman 100 percent, yeah and now it's getting to the, to the point where uh all right and woke are treating each other as subhuman or trans or you name it it's like you don't have basic human rights in my opinion because you're you're subhuman and like 
you can, if you can convince someone that people who they're already uncomfortable with aren't entitled to basic human rights, if we can't even agree about what basic human rights are, first of all, and second of all, you, even if you did agree that, you don't agree that those people don't deserve the basic human rights. Oh, and, and we can certainly agree to them until like, until me or mine are threatened, right? Like, yeah, as long as it's convenient for me. Right. So I want to be thoughtful about time. I think, mm. did you have a hard stop at 530? Yeah, I do. Gotta, I got to start making dinner soon, but this is a good one. So, so maybe we, we can take it all the way back pick, to the beginning. Taking it back to the beginning, the question at hand is if it's true that, um, so Hitler lost, right? Barely, but yeah. Right, but but he he lost, and and so what you're left with then is is the you know people that are supposedly not supposedly because I do think there's a dramatic difference, but like supposedly have a just and moral difference in their approach to organizing society, and yet any countless number of atrocities have happened in the name of our democratic republic, in the name of freedom, in the name of America, or you pick your abstraction. Right. So like if you're if you I think what Camus was trying to say was you're just going to be thrown from one slave and master bucket where you're sacrificing any sense of human rights or human morality on a very passionate personal level, Mm. um, not an abstract level, but like how you would actually behave with any human. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's right. How you behave in person. Yeah. So, so then I, I think like, well then how do you organize like what would be the alternative to that? So number one, I think, I, I think there's a couple things he, he says, and I'll, I think for next time we should go into this, but he says there are four things to solve for. Mm-hmm. And the, one of them is the, I think is a part and parcel of the dehumanization piece, but he looks at it as the development of bureaucracy and the depersonalization through bureaucracy. Um, he looks at the, political people instead of real people, um, which is becoming wait, wait, wait. even more These are things to solve for. So solve for bureaucracy where people become a number and where people things... become a number. It's impersonal. Like it's like he gives an example where you never had bread coupons. Like here's, here comes the bureaucracy and the pieces of paper and you never have bread coupons until there's not enough bread, like get the bread and stop spending, spreading coupons around. Mm. Right. Mm. So, but yeah, why print coupons, print bread. But it's interesting, but at the same time, like you still have to run things. So what are the four? I'm a, I'm, I'm a bureaucrat. So like, I'm like trying to learn, you know, like I'm trying to look inward here. Um, so I think. So po- it was bureaucracy, politics, pol- politics for the sake of politicking. Sounded like. I, the, yeah, the political piece was, a, a was an issue. Having appropriate outrage. That is so on point right now having appropriate outrage. Like, and this is a hard one too. Like we have access to so much information. Like I remember, you know, 20 years ago having a a discussion with, um, a really just a great guy to have these types of discussions with at my work. Mm. Um, and I was like, why am I, I mean, this is like, you know, I'm freshman psychology philosophy 101. So I'm not thinking this, but it's like, well, why don't you get on a plane and go save a kid? Like you could literally be saving hundreds of lives every day instead of doing all the things that we're doing. Yet I don't do that. Right. So, but hit how maybe you need to be doing that. I don't know. But yeah, hit the the lack of caring about some of this stuff, I think, is part of his point. 
And I think some of his point is you do have to get to what you said, which is a sense of what universal rights need to be. Mm. Because he's, I think what he's saying is we've gone so postmodern, we've, we've let go of adhering to any kind of a morality. Now, whose morality that is? And who, is that for everybody? Like, those are really tough questions. Yeah, that, it's super that, fluid. It's too fluid, right. I feel like. It feels like there's no moral foundation so that there, there are no boundaries. There are no individual boundaries. There's no, there's no, it's, it's a, a decreasing number of people will be like, this is bullshit. I'm not doing that. Like against the mob. So, so like against the mob they're in, it seems like fewer people are thinking critically about the actions that are being suggested to them by someone whose motivations they don't have access to. I mean, in my lifetime, it doesn't feel like there's ever been a better way to whip up a frenzied mob. Like, you could do it no sweat. Like, if I wanted to get myself canceled, I could do it in five minutes. It'd be no problem. Right. And again, for for very little practical value, like you could say a few words that in the face of your day-to-day actions and words are really pointless, you know? And and yet, it, it would be crushing. Weigh in on something I barely know anything about. Right. And just get like, just annihilated. The point being, of course, that would be, of course, that'd be stupid to do, but people are doing it like on just because they just sick of walking on eggshells or something. And they just be like, you know what? This is what I think. Um, this is kind of like the opposite point I'm trying to make, but it's the flip side of the coin, which is like, there's never, it's never been easier to whip up an incredible outrage. Like, can you believe Ben cheated on Jen or whatever? Some stupid thing that is utterly meaningless in your life. But it's like, if you're, you're trapped in your filter bubble, and a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times there's this performative, everybody's got to weigh in if you want to be one of us. And if you don't weigh in, you can't not weigh in. You can't be Switzerland. Like certain things you got to weigh in or you're going to be kicked out. Or if, if you're not with us, you're against us. This is one of the things that, that he says. So you, you asked, like, what were the four things? So... And, you know, one of them was you, you got to dig in and work. You got to, de- you know, develop communities of people that care about honestly, stuff. that honestly, that that's the hard, the hard way is the way it's like the obstacle is the way that that's gotta be, that's gotta be this. I can't think of any possible other solution than like when your crazy Nazi neighbor's house get flooded, you go over and help them clean out the basement and be like, you know, get the water out of the basement. Who knows else what else what else is down there? But you know what I'm saying? It's like in person, so much of our lives is online now. And it's just like megaphones into megaphones into megaphones. And half of the stuff that people it I barely get any of this stuff and I still get some of it where people would never say stuff like this to someone in person. Never. Maybe not. Well, the people that the stuff that I hear no one would say that to me in my face. He would be sociopathic. I mean, some of the stuff you see online, lots of stuff you see online is sociopathic, but it's anonymous and, you know, keyboard warriors yelling about stuff and, and performing for their friends on both sides. It's like, well, I got to say this if I don't weigh in, you know, people are going to wonder, maybe, maybe I'm a spy or something. So yeah, it's just like a terrible it's environment. Like, it's so, almost like a, what did you do? What do you, what do you want? What did you do? Like so, so much um, gets erased you know, because a lot of it's like all uh, picking apart what happened. Mm. So it's like, anyway, yeah, I, I don't so, know. It, it was just interesting to me because it, 
I felt like he was diagnosing things well. I didn't feel like there was necessarily a clear prescription in what I read. And as a bureaucrat, I I find it very interesting. I told the kids a story. I, I made them watch part of it, <laughs> um, which as I was doing that, I was like, wow, this is a, hopefully like a, a percent of this is sinking in or just the fact that I've asked them to look at it because I felt bad. It was the guy that was reading it was doing a terrible job. It was really boring. Um, it was not a shining moment at all. Uh, but they were really patient and uh, tried to be, they weren't, they didn't rake me over the coals for how bad a choice it was, which was nice of them. But um, I, it, it just, it feels like if the, the thing that really struck me was this issue of um, bureaucracy being a bad thing. And when I, there's ways to see it as a really good thing. A I protective agree. Thing. I'm not, I'm not so sure. I think bureaucracy is always a bad thing. This is something you told me once, which was like, you don't really want that much efficiency in government because if it's too efficient. But again, I, I wonder like where the balance lies because like the story I told the kids was, um, in 2006, 2007, I started working for the health insurance commissioner in Rhode Island. And I remember getting a phone call and took the phone call and it was, you know, a person from an employer that had um, canceled their health coverage and gone out of business and another call, another call, another call. So I, I go into um, one of the state leaders uh, offices and say, we've got to do something about this. Like I was energized. I thought we're getting these calls. We're going to do something about this. We're going to set up and we're going to connect these people to how they can get coverage. And some of them were telling stories about, you know, they're in the middle of treatments and now their coverage cool. is gone. And like, this is, it felt very serious to me, you know, immediately when I, um, I mean, it was like, I went into Justin Bieber's office. Cause he was like, immediately. No, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you've seen that meme. Um, oh. just a quick aside. He's in a car with James Corden and James Corden is giving him advice about how to choreograph TikToks, And, uh, he's like, immediately. No, you're a really <laughs> good person, but immediately. No, that's not what kids want to see. Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, so, and I didn't react very well, I guess, when he said that, and it ended up with him kind of, you know, yelling at me, uh, like we had, I kept, I didn't know when to say, how can you okay. be such a monster? And he was like, because you're clueless or something. Yeah. Or... So what he was, he, what his point was, is that we're not, um, we're, we're a policy shop. So, and I, the example I gave to the kids was you're at a riverbank person floating down river, they're drowning, you pull them out, here comes another one, you pull them out, you pull them out, they keep coming. So a social worker is required to just keep pulling them out of the river. A policy shop is supposed to figure out why they're going in the river in the first place, the make changes. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, we don't have enough people in this office to do lifeguard work. Yeah. And he was smart because he knew if we got bogged down with that, it may be gratifying, but in the office. Mm. Now, everything that I just said is exactly in line with what Camus was saying is, is a problem because what you've done is in the name of an abstract agenda for a small group, a, yeah. a group of five people in a state government, because of what's been defined as success for that group, we're justifying what might have been serious health consequences for those individuals. Now, yeah. any one, you go to Harvard Kennedy School for Government and put this case study in front of them, I guarantee you to a person, they say he made the right decision. Right. But like, I think Camus is saying something is fucked up. Yeah, the guy, well, okay, I do have to go, but I, but this is maybe a good place to bookmark it. There is something to be said about 
not airlifting every American citizen or, or ch let's just limit it to charity people, like people that, that donate to charity every year, donate to charity water. There's something to be said for not airlifting all of those people to places that don't have clean water and start digging wells. I don't think that's like, if that was the solution, so be it. If that's the way to do it, okay. But that's, but, a, that's a different issue. That's a, that's well, a, I'm getting at efficiency. If you give a person the fish and then they, they have to keep coming right. back to you. But this right. is a situation where, like, I don't need to give them, imagine a scenario where you just need to help them one time, you know, but right. you're not. In your boss's defense, I do think creating systems are a way to create leverage. And if someone's job is to create systems and not pull people out of the water, that like, like design a better, I'm here to design a better pool, not pull people out of it. I'm just doing my job, said the SS officer. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, no, I know. We, but, you've stepped like this is the challenge that I I'm not. No, it's a good. It's a fair point. No, it's a fair point. I don't want to make it seem like I'm not agreeing with you because let's review. I live this way. Yeah. Um, but this is kind of an interesting wake up call because I think I I think from a practical perspective, can I connect them with somebody that can help them? You know, all that kind of stuff. And and we and we did try and do that, but from a how do you go to scale with this notion Which one? that you're responsible for you're responsible for respecting the human rights of everybody you come into contact with, you know, like it, I don't know how that becomes workable. Like, especially with the reach of news, like that might've been possible yeah. if I lived in a village, you know, but that I was, mean like, yeah, that was kind of the weak point I was making there, which is that at some point you need to be smarter like somehow get the people to stop falling in the damn river. So solve the problem, no pun intended, upstream. Like at a certain point, the solution, the solutions that stick will be systemic. So if no one's working on systemic solutions, we're all just pulling people out of the water. Yeah. It feels like that will never work. It feels like that would, I, just, that would just go back to people doing stuff the hardest possible way and there wouldn't be enough labor you know, because we're not talking about poor people out of the water. We're talking about people like uh, struggling with potentially, you know, medical bills that approach infinity and um, whatever. I mean, like systemic problems don't have root force solutions. That are, it's like that, you need an ombudsman almost. Like, like, like every shop in government has a mandate for what they're supposed to do, and what and anything that's not in that mandate, they are not supposed to be doing. Well, that's all. I mean, that's the way it is now. It's, yeah, if somebody, but if somebody has an issue, you'd like to imagine that they can get wayfinding to where it can be addressed, you know? And, and I, again, I'm just presuming that government is a solution for whatever it is yeah, we're talking fair. about here. But, right. Like, but there, it is deeply depersonalizing and deeply tied to abstractions once you start talking about your scope of work and who benefits from you adhering to your scope of work. Yeah, not my and, job. Or it is my job. It's one or the right. other. It's like, not my job, so screw you. It is my job, so I'm sorry I have to tear your ear off. You know, I think both and, of those... And he's, saying, and he's saying, you don't get to care for the guy. Like, so imagine that that wasn't a, a torture tactic, but yeah. it was actual human caring. He's yeah. saying, like, you have, in your mind, you've created this separation that is so unreal. Like, mm. it's, a, mm. it's almost like, how do you not just dissolve under the yeah, hypocrisy of it? Yeah, that's the Jordan Klepper thing, too. It's like, how does this cognitive dissonance not keep you up at nights like how does it not cause a light bulb moment it's it's fascinating i, I wonder if someone studied that because that is amazing so so the challenge ends up being like how do you land on shared values which are decentralizing more and more every day 
I think it's and, a community thing. The community thing, like you said before, that in-person freaking stuff organized religion did, at least in our area, like that's, whether it was a synagogue or, or whatever, Hendrickin, you know, it's like people in the same space, sharing air, recognizing each other's humanity and imperfections and being, and, and not, and, and seeing themselves in others and there, but for the grace of God, go I and all that stuff. I'm not into any of that stuff. No, but, but uh, you just said that like magnificently, and it's almost like you know Ricky Gervais. Like, like I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily hear you like apologizing for religion in the sense that like maybe maybe we should try and go back to that because like so many things that have fallen by the wayside, they should fall. But then the challenge is it it makes things more complicated. But if we're able to solve that complication, you get to a better plateau. I just cool. don't think we have a path to that next level where the we don't need a set of tablets to to give us the things that you just said. Like we can we can agree to them, you know, from our intuition, from our reason, from yeah. our shared understanding. Yeah. From an from an atheist humanist, forget atheist because it's controversial, but from a humanist point of yeah. view, not yeah. not exclusively rational point of view. But where are the? But there's no. He used this word in this, in this thing, catechism, which I don't mm. really know what it is, but it feels like it's kind of like a ritual that brings us a shared identity and where something is yeah. decided or done. In junior like, high, there's no like after-school Bible study program, so I don't know. There's what. no humanist catechism. You, I think you want to just put your finger on something incredibly interesting, which is, what's the replacement for organized religion? Because it's on the, it's, it's dying. It seems to, it's certainly on the decline. What's the replacement? What's the better version of organized religion? And what, what are the components that it would, what, what are the, what are the characteristics of it? You would have to be in person has to well, be. Th think of, think of, you know, uh, people that, you know, so like there's, you know, a couple people in our immediate family that started going to services and right. in my friend, friend group, there's some people that started going to services. They're not looking for the kind of mystical Catholic or, or Christian stuff. They're going for like Unitarian type stuff and who's yeah. giving a good Who's carving out that space in the week? Like this drove me nuts when we started having kids. I was like, where are we going to, I'm fine to not indoctrinate into the fear mongering. Like the fear mongering is what really gets me about it yeah. all. Yeah. But how can we at least carve out some space to step back, realize that we are actually on a spaceship right now, you know, by definition. A convertible like, spaceship. Right. And With the roof like, top tail. <laughs> there's a certain amount of like reason, you know, looms really large in my mind but i love like the hubris of of reason and science so is much off the charts mm. right now so on, much on, on so the much left sugars. where it's like you know what at the end of the day we have no clue how this all started and a little bit of reverence for however it started wouldn't kill us you know what yeah, i mean totally totally agree and and i'm totally i'm completely mr spock like up and down but that is true like like you can dismantle almost any argument. It's very easy to come across arguments on the, especially on the left. They're totally hubris based. Like, are like humans are the dominant species on the planet? Oh, really? Have you met viruses? We've explained everything. You know, it's like it's crazy. Like there is like swirling fluid dynamic magic happening under our noses every Constantly. day, and science yeah. like science like overlays this like ham-fisted grid over it, and you can right. we can understand the. The shape yeah. of the grid over it. It's so useful, but it's so limited right now. It's so right. useful, but it's and very limited. And we've obviously both done a lot of mushrooms. 
because, now, <laughs> because we yeah. have a visual on like how swirly it is. It's nuts. And, and like, you know, the, the right is just throwing the baby out with the bathwater for what science and reason can bring. And the left is putting out way too much on a pedestal and right. science, everything. So let's science everything. Right. It's like, no, you can't science like the world cup. How do you AB test the world cup? How do you do experiments at the world cup? There are things that science can't do. I'm a huge fan of science, huge fan, but it needs to be repeatable. Science is really, it's really big. It's huge. Yeah. We're, we're super down a rabbit hole, but the, I think. What I'd like to come back to go, finish your thoughts. Sorry. Yeah. The thing about the thing about, what will be the replacement or, or whatever, uh, maybe not replacement, but like, what would be the thing that could help fill the gap that organized religion used to fill where people got together on a weekly basis to, 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 to articulate their gratitude, help each other pitch in, look forward. What do you want? Stop complaining about what your spouse did, what your kids did, what your boss did. What do you want? What are you doing to get what you want? Yeah, right. I talk to people all the time. I can't articulate what they want. And it's like, well, what, how do you know what to do and get out of bed? Why do you even get out of bed? Yeah, I don't, I don't get out of bed. That's the key. Yeah. You need to tell them, say, my brother has figured it out. He does not get out of bed. So there, there's our project. There's our project. So let's what take you? that. But I want to start next week. I'll, I'll pick up the four things that he said in summary need to be solved for. That might be a good jumping off point for, mm. you know, what, what you could... Because whether we frame it as a um, a replacement for religion, or you frame it as yeah, it would, no, it wouldn't be that. It would be it it's, would be it's, to fill it's a developing gap. a it's like a tipping point around a sh some shared value for God's sake, some shared value, some shared fill in the blank what value or whatever identity value belief right uh, and wrong. It's like you know what is right right because right now if you look at either of our political parties. There is no, there is no right and wrong with either of the parties. They do not have a, a consistent framework of what is right and wrong. And therefore they're not representing humans. Right. Yeah. Right? I see. They're represent yeah. I see your, I see, yeah. The point you're, you brought up at the very beginning is now, which was hazy as you knew it would be. Um, it's very clear to me now. It's like this abstraction on top of, on top of reality. Yeah. Look at all, look at the contradictions that they live with every day. It's disgusting. Yeah, that, it's so freaking weird. And it's not like, yeah, anyway, we're going to go back around in a circle, but I love that idea. Yeah. And we're obviously going to start a cult. I think that's clear. And we'll have in-person meetings in the woods around a, a campfire. So I like campfires. Oh, did you? So just quick note, total victory achieved, awesomeness unlocked. I was able to convince George to come out with me to the woods this weekend. And we, um, uh, brought two pairs of um snowshoes this weekend yes i in a blizzard i wore the snowshoes we brought a backpack um and started a fire and Dude. cooked hot dogs no way can we just stay here i could put a tarp up <laughs> i've got an ll bean tent it's good for you know 40 degrees fahrenheit <laughs> oh, it, was, I, it was 15 no, but yeah i know i have no equipment for this but like oh. it was I, it was so nice that to go out with rad, them. Radical. So I was thinking of you and like, um, like how cool it would be to get out there and uh, and you know put some of this stuff to work. I used a silky gomboy handsaw to cut the wood, did a whole thing. You know, it was great. Oh, great. that's awesome. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Bushcrafters, 
definitely some kind of like community thing. I guess do a thing. Yeah. You really got like you really got my wheel spinning here. So that uh, I'm very, very interested in this. So cool. Yeah, I'm gonna go yeah, speaking of real world in person community, I'm gonna go make some pasta. Awesome, dude. Good talk. Um Yeah, good question. Catch you next time. Cool. Later.